the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. That's Travis Still the Beard. I'm John Hogue, and this is Super Flexible. Uh, James the Brain is in the basement for the week, so the ahem, fallout from the great Gabbert hair debate will have to wait <laughs> another week. But Travis I see what you still, did there, John. <laughs> Travis still here to take his victory lap. Plus, we're playing true or false in the aftermath of a wild week 11, full of injuries and benchings, breakouts and breakdowns, all that and trade analysis. You are nuts and super streakers. On this episode of Super Flexible, true or false, Travis, Blaine Gabbert saved your illustrious beard. He absolutely did. I mean, I I never faltered. I knew that guy was going to get it done for me. <laughs> <laughs> on the last play of the game that barely even happened. I never lost faith. No, and dude, he that went was for 19 yards to get it was, when you needed 12. <laughs> it was a beautiful beautiful thing and it was the most entertaining slash stressful Sunday morning of my entire life. But yeah, he came out big for me, man. That very last play of the game, like 8 seconds left, down by two scores. Most teams would just take a knee and call it a game, but not my boy Blaine Gabbert. He knew I needed that 12 yards. <laughs> just for you. Just for you. That was easily the most uh, the most interesting weekend uh, the Super Flexible gang has ever had. And, uh, yeah, for the with morning games all over the place, we were fixated on one game. <laughs> yeah. And... I actually, I almost called that too. I thought that was going to come down to a stat correction that was going to leave both of you hairless. But <laughs> <laughs> well, James it, it is really hoping up. so. He's still, he's still holding out for that stat correction. I was like, dude, they're not going to give you seven yards. Yeah, eight, eight yards. Yeah, passing on a stat correction. That that last that last pass was the the nail in the coffin, man. Yeah, yeah it's not likely to happen, but. So next week, James will be back, and we'll get his reaction uh, and uh, his feelings on being completely bald on top of his head. Um, For now, (laughs) let's do some true or false uh, with some of the news items from this past week, and I'm going to let you start this thing off. All right, so true or false, first one, Samaje Pirine will perform the rest of the season and will be and will be the unquestioned starter for Washington going into 2018. I'm going to say true. Um wow. Uh man, unquestioned starter is tough. They they just have a few too many needs that they're going to need to address in the off season to to go after um anybody who who's really going to push him. So I, I think that the for the most part this roster is going to come back in 2018 about how it looks in 2018 at least for the the running back depth chart. So yeah, and I think that he he's got an opportunity here to do enough to at least earn the the job going into the preseason. Yeah, he could. I I, I agree. I think he's got um, a good shot if he performs well. Um, he could definitely hold the job. They could draft another, what was P. Ryan, like a third, fourth round running back? Yeah, something like, like that. Yeah. So I don't, they're definitely not 
going big time running back if he you know if he performs well. So I think he might be a safe guy to carry into next season, even if you're not contending. All right, Paxton Lynch will start week twelve and will hold the job into 2018. True or false? True and false. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I think I think he probably I th- I think he starts I think they give him a shot week 12. But you you know more about the whole Denver um situation than I do, so I'm going to let you speak your mind on that one, but I from what I can tell so far not a good chance he performs well and, and keeps the job going into next year. What do you think? Yeah, I think you're right. I think this is true and false. I think now's the time to get him to start. Um, I mean, there's there's kind of no reason not to at this point. For all intents and purposes, the season is over, although the AFC West can probably be won with a 9-7 and seven record. So you know that Brock Osweiler isn't capable of winning out. You know that Trevor Simeon isn't capable of winning out. You don't know for a fact that Paxton Lynch can't do it, so I think they do give him a shot. As far as holding the job into 2018, I don't think there's any chance. I I think that all this is about, there's one guy in that organization who is not yet convinced that Paxton Lynch is a first-round bust. And unfortunately, that guy is John Elway, who sees himself in Paxton Lynch and needs to see that the see the kid go out and play like a first round bust that he is, and uh, I think that's going to happen. And I think um, the Broncos are going to end up with a top five draft pick. And I don't see any way that you pass on this particular quarterback class, um, particularly Sam Darnold from USC. So. You know, when you're drafting that high, I don't, I don't know how you, how he's going to be able to pass on those quarterbacks, and uh, that's going to mean the end of Paxton Lynch in Denver. It's going to mean the end of Trevor Simeon in Denver. I think Brock Osweiler's leftover is as uh, the backup to whatever rookie uh, comes in with that top pick. Gross. Yeah. All right. <laughs> next one. True or false? Alvin Kamara is a top six dynasty running back absolutely true i don't i it and it's it's crazy to me because i keep i i really want to disagree with this one because just because of the fact that he is stuck in a committee but they're just so committed to the run and they're about to lose they're gonna lose drew Brees in the offseason which means this offense revolves even more around the run in 2018 and beyond so um, and Alvin Kamara right now is averaging, uh, what is it, six yards a carry, something like that, six and a half yards a carry. So, I mean, he even if he is sharing carries with Mark Ingram, he's he's just getting enough production to outscore most of the running backs in the league, uh, with the exception of Mark Ingram, typically. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> he's he's got to be. So I kind of want to dig into this one a little bit because i've got him at rb7 do you have in your rankings you, right now you've got him top six i want i just wanted kind of to see where we differ and who we've got you know who who's that one or two guys that we have below or above that we disagree on i guess so i haven't updated mine but let's go off of yours um let's see who you've got above him and uh 
see if I can find somebody I disagree on or if you're going to make me change my mind. Sure, yeah. So I've got David Johnson. I guess you want to just go, okay, yeah, yes or no. Ezekiel Elliott. Yep. Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. Todd Gurley. Yes. Dalvin Cook. Ooh. That's where it gets tough for me. I got um, Cook at yeah, five. When you get to these rookies, that's where it's going to be tough for me. I, I still have Kareem Hunt. We'll get to him later. But I've got Kareem Hunt over Dalvin Cook and over Alvin Kamara. I got Hunt next at six. Yeah. So, yeah, so I'm with you on that one. Yeah, so I lied. I th- I've got Kamara at eight. So I've got Fournette ahead of him still. So it looks like Dalvin Cook, Kareem Hunt, and Leonard Fournette is kind of where it starts to get choppy for you. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean the big thing for me is just looking at injuries for me. Um, And, I mean, it makes it a little tough with David Johnson, right, because he has had – he had the ACL injury. Um, Le'Veon Bell did as well, but those guys are just transcendent talents. But Dalvin Cook – for me, it is uh, he he's he's a little too risky to have him that high for me because of this ACL. When you talk about you know structural damage, soft tissue damage like that, that can become chronic. That become can become a weak point in the body that can come back to haunt you. And same thing with Leonard Fournette, and I think we're kind of seeing it with the ankle stuff. So, um, so. I mean, you're that high in in our rankings. We're kind of splitting hairs a little bit. So, but to me, just the the difference between Kamara and Fournette and Kamara and Cook is just just the injuries right now. And so, I mean, it and it's it could so it could easily flip flop at some point. But right now, Kamara is the healthiest of the three. And uh, so I've got him. I've got him the highest of the three. Um, so you've got him above Cook, Hunt, and Fournette, or you got Hunt higher? Yeah, I have Hunt one spot ahead of Kamara. Okay, so it looks like you've got him right at at RB six, unless you've still got Melvin Gordon, Devonta Freeman. No. Yeah. So okay. yeah, Kamara over all those guys. So yeah, so. you got him right at that RB six. So good job. Nice de- defending your original stance. <laughs> nice. I'm glad that worked out. <laughs> Ezekiel Elliott was a kind of tough one for me, but uh I think he's he's still up there. Mm-hmm. Um but we've we've talked about we talked about him last week and uh he's a little risky to me as well. But anyway, so Andre Ellington will find a role. Andre Ellington, by the way, was was just cut on Monday um by the Cardinals to make room for the returning David Johnson. And uh, so Andre Ellington will find a role on a team and be a top 100 pick in Dynasty startups next year. And, uh, yeah, maybe that's also a kind of a side question on this. True or false, that roster spot is David Johnson's. Um, I, I honestly don't think it is. I don't think they bring him back. Really? I don't th- only because uh, they could, but I guess my whole stance is they shouldn't. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're all but mathematically eliminated at this point. What I mean, 
why are you going to bring that dude back? You know, and I get, I get it was only a risk, a risk, but I just don't see, I don't see the point of bringing him back and risking another injury. Your season's over. You don't have a quarterback, like just save him for next year. You know, mm-hmm. the, uh, Roto world says, I mean, take it for what you want, I guess. But Roto world says the Cardinals saw more upside in Bronson Hill, who was promoted from the practice squad to fill his spot. Huh. Um, I don't know who Bronson Hill is. Yeah, I know nothing about him. <laughs> and that him. could just be the temporary fill that 53 up until Johnson comes back, if that's their plan. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Anyways, um, as far as the first statement here, we'll find a role on another team and be a top 100 pick in Dynasty Startups. I'm going to go with false. I don't think he's going to be I think he's going to get a he's going to get a job. I don't think he's going to produce enough this year to be drafted in the top what eight rounds in dynasty startups. Yeah, and I'm 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 with you there. I mean, I think he's yeah, he's going to find a job. I mean, kind of the I'd say the best case scenario for Ellington would be to land in Washington at this point and replace Chris Thompson for the rest of the season. But that job goes right back to Thompson next season. So, yeah, I, I don't really see a path back to really fantasy relevance for Ellington, much less, you know, like you said, a, a top, you know, a, a pick in the first eight rounds of a dynasty startup. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right. True or false, Mike Davis, Seattle running back, uh, promoted – off the practice squad, if I remember correctly, after coming back from injury, um, and started this week on Monday Night Football. Mike Davis re- will remain the Seattle starting running back for the rest of the season and will be worth a 2018 first by the end of the year. Um, I'm going to say false all the way around. I, I just, you know, you and I talked about this off offline, and... Uh, I don't know that we can trust the Seattle Seahawks running backs anymore to be more than a than streaming options, regardless of who it is. The possible exception is Chris Carson, and so that's why I think he he's going to be the most valuable uh, the most valuable Seattle running back in 2018. But um, as far as the rest of this year, I mean, I I think you're still gonna. But, you know, at some point we're still going to talk about J.D. McKissick as, uh, as you know, the, the quote-unquote back-to-own in Seattle. I think Eddie Lacy will probably get a little a, a little bit of run. Um, there's still talk that Chris Carson could return this season. So, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't see Mike Davis keeping this job for the entire season. Um, that's just not what Seattle does. And then for 2018, um, I think the the highest that you're going to draft a Seattle running back, and it'll be Chris Carson, and he's probably somewhere around like a fourth or fifth rounder in a startup. Yeah, so you don't think there's any chance he just blows up for these last five games and everyone starts thinking, oh, this is his job. and Because Chris Carson was worth a first when he was healthy. Yeah, definitely. 
I, I, there's definitely the possibility of that, but I think that that's about the worst thing that could happen <laughs> for us <laughs> as dynasty players because we fell for it last year with CJ Procise. We fell for it the year before with Tom, uh, Thomas Rawls. So, yeah, I just, I think that, uh, you, say, like I said, me... you just can't trust Pete Carroll, Daryl Bevel, and the, the Seahawks to, right. to actually give you a fantasy-relevant, like every single week, fantasy-relevant running back. I was trying to trap you there because I don't think there's... <laughs> I don't think there's a chance he's worth a first. <laughs> I think I think you're 100% right. It's just another one of these cycle through the backfield kind of guys and he's not going to he's not going to hold any long-term value. Yeah. Nathan Peterman was ruined and will never see an NFL start again and is droppable in Superflex Dynasty. You're supposed to say true or false, John. True or false? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, True. I think they messed this kid up. I think they ruined his career. I think he's done. (laughs) You cannot come back from that performance and and be a starter for any team ever. I just I don't I don't see how it's possible. (laughs) The Bills ruined him. Uh, I mean. I'm probably being a little <laughs> yeah, it's a, over the top. It's a little extreme to dude. say that it ruined him. I mean, he's probably had he's probably had some pretty bit some pretty bad games throughout his you know, but from from the time he first started throwing a football in Pee Wee all the way up through <laughs> I mean you don't it, you don't really get to the NFL without, you know, experiencing some degree of failure. So I mean I think that he he can bounce back from this, but it do I don't see extent? him as a, I definitely don't see him as a starting NFL quarterback, and I really didn't before this. So you know th- this felt like a some kind of political thing, or maybe similar to last last year when they benched Tyrod Taylor at the end of the season for EJ Manuel um, just to avoid paying Tyrod some bonus money. You know maybe there's something like that behind the scenes i just i don't think that anybody could reasonably believe that peterman was ready to start and or that just that he's a starting quality quarterback in the nfl so i do think it's true that he's droppable in superflex dynasty right i agree on that point for sure all right, uh, true or false, Jay Cutler has seen his last career snap and dynasty owners should sell for anything they can get. Ooh, I I really want this one to be true, actually. <laughs> I'm so tired of Jay Cutler. Um, I think that the first part of it is, is false. Uh, I think that he probably will end up getting some more snaps. Um, Matt Moore already had one shot to take this job and hang on to it, and he failed miserably. I don't think that he's going to do anything good enough to keep Jay Cutler off the field. Um, but I will say, if if I own Jay Cutler in any league, I would be selling him right now, and probably for whatever I can get. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Totally agree, and I don't think there's, I don't think I don't think there's a market. I don't think you're going to get anything good, but I still think you got to sell. Yeah, what, like, like a second second round pick in a super flex. 
Oh, dude, I'd sell them for a third. Oh yeah. Eh? I mean, why are you gonna? What's the alternative? You get you're gonna drop them in the off season, right? Like, right. If you got anybody, if you got any nibbles, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, Aaron, so I'm, gonna, I'm actually. Oh, sorry. Go I'm ahead. Gonna, I'm sorry. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna read you this one, John, because I'm curious on your take. Okay. So I'm gonna steal yours. I'm gonna go two in a row. Nice. Okay. Uh, true or false? Aaron Jones had his shot and blew it, and he lost the starting running back job in Green Bay. Um, like long term running back to starter. Yeah. Um. So are we talking because of the the legal issues? Um. He was uh, right. He, Combination he, of yeah. I mean. Yeah. So he. I mean, he got hurt. Not that that's his fault. But right. then on top of that, bad timing, legal issues. Do they give him another shot? I guess is what people want to know, right? Like, long term, what do you think happens there? I'm I'm gonna say false on this all the way around. So first of all, the idea that um, that smoking marijuana is still a criminal offense and can ruin a, a person's career is archaic and quite frankly stupid. Um, and I think that the NFL is going to start coming around on that. But it, it, just from an on the field, from an on the field perspective, Aaron Jones is by far the best and most complete running back in Green Bay. We saw a decent game from Jamal Williams this past week, but I mean, he he's not he he's kind of a change of pace guy more than anything else. Um, same with Ty Montgomery. Aaron Jones does it all, though. He pass protects better than Jamal Williams. He runs between the tackles better than Ty Montgomery. He's, he runs with power. He catches the ball out of the backfield. He just does all that stuff better. He's he To me, he, he looks like a, a Jordan Howard type of talent, and I think that that always rises to the top, and he does get this job back. Um, it's just a, more than anything a matter of getting healthy. Okay. I mean, you don't, the, the whole drug thing doesn't worry you. I mean, I get that, you know, it's, it's legal recreationally some places in the country. It's legal mm-hmm. medically most places in the country. We're not going to get into that debate, but yeah, the fact is it's still on the banned substance list for the NFL, whether or not it's yeah. going to be there five years from now doesn't matter right now. He could see, um, mm. you know, punishment for that. And does that, you know, I don't know. I just, I guess my thought is it, it definitely adds enough wrinkles to, to question his lock on that role. I don't see, I don't see it any differently than, than Le'Veon Bell um, in his second year when he, he, it was the exact same thing. I mean, you know, he, he ended up serving a suspension because I mean, you're right. The NFL for better or for worse, the NFL does legislate on marijuana use. So, um, but I mean, so right now it's not going to affect his 2017. The only thing keeping him off the field in 2017 is going to be health. Um, the the, uh, the the legal process has to run its course before the NFL is going to levy a, a suspension. And so that I don't see that happening. <laughs> Tell Zeke <either>. that. <laughs> but it did, didn't it? I mean, they the the <laughs> the judiciary just didn't see anything that Zeke 
did. And so they gave up on it. So that's when the NFL picked it up and ran with it. So, right. Um, yeah, I don't, I just, I don't see Aaron Jones serving a suspension until 2018. Um, I think it's probably a, uh, a relatively short suspension, you know, two or three games. And I don't think that that's going to be enough time for any of these other guys to, to step up and take the job. And the other thing to keep in mind is that the Green Bay Packers, they're not going to go after those big-name running backs, even though there's a ton of them in this draft. They just don't do it. They don't use right. their early draft picks on position players, so especially running backs. They'll, they, they like to use it on the, on the defense and the offensive line. And uh, so, I mean, the best that you're gonna see is maybe you know a fourth round draft pick come in and push you know jamal williams or Devonte mays but i aaron jones is still gonna be the the most talented and the most complete running back on this on this roster even after he serves his suspension all right so you're a believer i am so you're I'm you're buying right now then sure. right what's that are you using this to buy more Aaron Jones? Uh yeah. Yeah, definitely. Are you actively seeking him out? Yeah, I am. Yeah. All right. Yep, I, I think he's a, I mean I think he's a buy low. I although I don't I don't think that he's as I don't think his his, his value is depressed as it's going to get. I think that you wait until the suspension actually comes down and then you go try and buy him. Interesting. And I think you're going to get him extremely cheap. Um, Nelson Aguilar, his glory run is over, and he should go back to being a end-of-bench asset. True or false? I want to say false because I was really digging this story. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't been using him lately, though, and I don't know. I, I don't think he's totally over. I'm gonna. I'm holding on to him for sure, unless. Well, I lied. I just sold him in one league. Uh, <laughs> but you didn't sell particularly low, right? You got pretty good value. I sold him straight up for Josh Gordon, oh, which yeah. <laughs> could be, I mean, who knows at that point, but it was, I was just going for the high upside play there. Yeah. Um, that one's just fun. I don't know. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm and all was... about those trades, by the way. I'm all about. <laughs> I, I told you offline too when you made that trade. I'm trying to get Juju Smith Schuster in a league where he does nothing to help me this season. It's just that I'm such a fan of Juju that I want him on all my teams because it makes fantasy football more fun when he's in my lineup. So right there, you I'm, go. I'm all about those. I'm all about those. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I, I still, I still think I'm optimistic. I think he's shown enough this year to prove that he's an NFL wide receiver, starting caliber NFL wide receiver. So I think he's going to hold value as far as, you know, he's going to have a starting job. And I think this is a bad stretch and he's going to have better games than, you know, 20, 30, 40 yards. So. You disagree? I don't think that the run is necessarily over. Um, I don't think that he's an end of uh, end of bench asset. I I think that he's going to have those weeks that like he's like he's already had this season. 
Um, I, but I mean, I think he's going to be matchup dependent. I think you're going to have a hard time predicting it. So for that reason, I would say I, I would definitely, I would sell right now. Um, even though you're not going to get max value anymore. I just, at this point in the season, I think that you're looking for, for guys that you can, that you know what you're going to get on a weekly basis. And I don't think that, that he's that. All right, fair enough. You want to go uh, rapid round for these last few? I think we got five or six left. Yeah, yeah, we should probably rock through these a little bit. All right, so quick answer. Oh, no, I just did Aguilar, didn't I? Oh, no. Never mind, my turn. Dak yeah. Prescott, true, true or false? Dak Prescott is showing his true colors without his perfect offensive situation, and we should be worried. Uh, False. I think Tyron Smith is going to be back and change everything. What do you think? Agreed. Next. Devontae Booker will be the unquestioned starter in 2018 and will be a top 30 startup pick next year. I th- I want to say I, th- I see that happening. I'm going to go true. What do you think? Uh, this is a tough The top one. 30 part is the hard part for me. I think, I think he might just take that job. But to be a top 30 startup pick, that's middle of the third round. I think yeah. that's going to be the hard part. Yeah, I definitely don't see that happening. I definitely don't see him as top 30. I also don't see him as the unquestioned starter. D'Angelo Henderson looked amazing in the preseason. Devontae Booker has been the best running back on the roster currently, but he still hasn't been anything special. He's just got, got the freshest legs. He's the best receiver out of the backfield. And I think that D'Angelo Henderson is going to get on the field at some point, and he's. And I think that you're looking at a at a committee next year, um, just with Booker and Henderson. And uh, I don't think that you're going to be able to tell necessarily which one is the starter. I'm very surprised to hear you say that. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Denver. Yeah, no, I thought. I mean, we talked like I think four weeks ago. You said Booker was going to take the job outright from from Anderson. Yeah, in, I didn't in, know you had this hidden <laughs> Henderson love. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. I mean, Booker, like I said, Booker is the best right at the moment. But that's only because Henderson has been a healthy scratch every single game. Get him on the field and give him a chance and watch what happens. Um, but also. Booker Booker hasn't exactly performed as well as I thought he would. Josh Doxson will take advantage of his opportunity coming up here and will be a second-round startup pick in 2018. Josh Doxson. Uh, false. Terrell Pryor, surgery. Right, yeah, still saying false. Me too. But buy low on Josh Co- Doxson. Cousins is going to be gone. That worries me. Yeah, that's a big part of it. Adam Thielen will be drafted above Stephon Diggs next year. Say it ain't so, John. <laughs> I I think based on their usage this year, I don't know. No, I'm still going to go false. The Dynasty community is stuck on the players they're stuck on. Diggs is, I mean, Diggs has his just mega truthers, right? And I love I love Diggs. I think he's uber talented. But Thielen Thielen's been so good. I love I love that dude. I tweeted out the other day that he's slowly been becoming 
one of my favorite players in the league. Anyways, besides all that, I, I still think that Adam Thielen is not going to get the respect that he deserves. He's an undrafted free agent. He's white. Say what you want about that, but I people have biases for real. I think that's a real thing. Like he hasn't put up his numbers aren't gaudy enough for him to all of a sudden be respected as, you know, a top ten wide receiver. Diggs still has that crazy sexy upside that everybody sees. I still think Diggs gets drafted above Adam Thielen next year. Wow. Um now, I think this one's probably true. That's definitely not the angle I thought you were taking when you said false, by the way. I thought you were going to, you legitimately were going to take Diggs over Thielen. Um, and to me, it's all about, it's all no, about no, no. consistency versus boom bust. I think that's what we're looking at here. So, I mean, I'm definitely going to recommend to everyone take Adam Thielen above Stefan Diggs. And I've got Thielen ahead of some other guys who might surprise you. But uh, yeah, I would, I, for the record, I agree. I would yeah. take Thielen first. I'm just thinking. Just I don't, don't think, think it'll. I don't it'll, think the community is going to be there. Like ADP. Yeah. Diggs, I think, is going to be higher. Yeah, uh, I think they might surprise you on this one, but um, so I'm still going to say true. But I hear you. I think that that's that's one of that's probably the second most likely scenario. There's only two possible scenarios. <laughs> <laughs> well, the third most likely scenario is that Diggs actually proves to be better than Adam Thielen, and I don't see that happening. Yeah, not in five games, yeah. I don't think, with the way they're using them now. Yeah, yeah, plus playoffs, but yeah. Um, Ooh, playoffs. <laughs> I forgot the Vikings are a playoff team, maybe. <laughs> yeah. All right, is this me then? Yep, this is you. All right, true or false? Miami will draft a top running back in 2018, and Kenyon Drake and Damian Williams will both be nothing but handcuffs once again. I hadn't read this one yet, so I hadn't put any thought into it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Are these guys showing enough for um, one of them to keep that job, or keep the committee even? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say false. Just because they're more glaring needs than running back, I think Kenyon Drake is good enough um, to uh, to be the starter. I know that it's going to be hard to to pass up some of these running backs coming out, but I think that they I think that they draft a, a running back f- who who takes part in the committee. But I don't think that it's going to be you know a, a Saquon Barkley, Darius Geis anything like that, who's just going to just, you know, put them all to the bench. So I'm going to say false. Hmm. (laughs) It is tough. Neither one of these guys has shown starter. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Like they're not, neither one of them's great. You know, like they haven't shown enough to be like, man, that dude's going to keep that job. Right. Like Drake's had a couple long runs. Williams has actually been more involved. They're using him more than Drake. Um, the only reason I'm going to say false is because I don't think Miami's going to spend the capital to to get one of those top guys that's just going to be the unquestioned starter going into week one. Um, I mean, the only reason they got a Jai is because 
he had the knee issues and he fell to the fifth round. Yep. So, I mean, it's not like they have a track record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, false for me too. Let's move on to some super flex trades from Twitter. Um, we'll just go through a few of them this week. But um, let's start with this first one. Uh, I want to get your take on this. In a Dynasty Superflex, full PPR and .1 PPC. Uh, that's points per carry. Um, so a point for every 10 carries. Uh, one side got Kirk Cousins, Devontae Freeman, Amir Abdullah, and Brian Hoyer. The other side gets Alvin Kamara, Devontae Parker, and two late, projected to be late, 2018 first-round picks. I voted on this one. Um, I'm going to go with the second one, Kamara, Parker, and two 18 firsts. Um, Kamara, we just talked about earlier, top six to eight (laughs) dynasty running back. That's huge. Um, Parker hasn't, you know, he's been disappointing again, yet again, another season, but you know, I think he's still got the upside and then two first round picks and you're getting Freeman, which me and you have talked a little bit off air. I'm pretty worried about Freeman, um, long-term, uh, Abdullah is just another disappointment. Where's the upside? He's never going to be, you know, that three down bell cow workhorse. He just, he's not, that's not who he is. Hoyer's useless at this point. And I'm probably lower on cousins than most people. So I think it's pretty easily the second, the second side there. What do you think? So a little bit of context here. The uh, the Cousins, Freeman, Abdullah, Hoyer side, that was going to uh, a contender. And Kamara Parker and the, the first-round picks went to a rebuilding, a rebuilding team. So based on that context, I've, this, is, this is extremely close and actually a, a very fair trade. I think it accomplishes what both teams need to accomplish in this trade. So... Um, in a vacuum, though, I am going to say that I think that in this format, you're getting Cousins, who is a starter in Superflex, an easy QB1. And uh, Freeman and Abdullah, um, you're getting a ton of carries out of, between those two guys, um, particularly Freeman. And going forward, I mean, Tevin Coleman's a free agent at the end of this season. So I kind of I think that it's going to open up some some more opportunity for Devonte Freeman. I know you disagree with that part, um, but that's that's kind of where I'm... It, I mean, at the, at the very worst, he's still going to be getting the same type of workload that Alvin Kamara is getting. I, I think that last comment is fair. He could... And that's kind of my fear with Freeman, is right now he's being valued still very, very highly, but I think he could end up being a 1B in a committee in the next year or two. Mm-hmm. And we can talk more about that later. But um, So I'm sorry, which side did you end up going with in a vacuum? In a vacuum, I'll take the Cousins-Freeman-Abdullah side. Wow, okay. Yeah. And, I mean, it's 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 close. Basically, like, like I said, I mean, I think that you could take – you could put Freeman and Kamara on pretty level playing field in this format. Um, because they're probably going to match each other pretty much on uh, as far as points per carry 
and that's worst case scenario for Freeman. He has a he has the opportunity possibly to get you know double the carries that Kamara is getting um, once you clear Tevin yeah. Coleman out of that backfield, and then um, you know Cousins. I, I'll take Cousins over Parker um, in a super flex just because I mean he's still relatively young. We don't know for sure where he's going to end up, but we know that he's going to be sought after, and he's going to end up in a situation where, you know, he's he's going to be the starter. He's going to be put in a position to succeed. So I'll take Cousins in a super flex, um, and that leaves. I mean, Hoyer's a throw-in. I don't I don't care about Hoyer, but um, basically two 2018 late 2018 firsts for Abdullah. Um, uh, that, way way overpaying for uh, Abdullah. Yeah, yeah, I'm probably with you there. I mean, I think that part of the value on those draft picks makes up the difference between Cousins and Parker. But that's true. That that I, does it, it balances it out. It's extremely close for me. I will say my last point: the the point one points per carry mm-hmm. really doesn't tilt the scales in either direction as far as comparing running backs to each other. Like. Yeah, if one if one of them gets ten carries and one of them gets twenty, you're talking about a one point difference on the week. That's not yeah, enough to where I even consider that as a, a factor. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, I'll still take that side just barely. But like I said, I, the the main takeaway for for me is that it accomplishes what both teams need to accomplish um, in context. Right, so, and I think that. You're higher on Cousins and Freeman than I than I am. Yeah, and it yeah, could be it as simple as that. And that's how I mean. That's the only reason trades get done. People value players differently. You know. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Next one. Superflex Dynasty League trade. Um. Let's see. I already have Andrew Luck and Carson Wentz, and Aaron Rodgers at quarterback, and in first place right now. So Aaron Rodgers and Corey Davis from the team that also has Luck and Wentz and is currently in first place. Gives up Rodgers and Corey Davis for Derek Carr, Alex Collins, and Jay Ajayi. Yeah, I could see why you'd make this move being in first place, but I hate it. Yep. <laughs> I hate I hate that trade. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not giving up Rodgers, the number one quarterback for me and you, right? Oh yeah, now yeah. <laughs> for Derek Carr. I'm, I mean, I might. I think I'm lower on Carr than most. I don't see him as a matchup proof every week starter. I think he's like a low end QB one at best. Um, Alex Collins. I think he's just one of those jag running backs. You know, I don't think he's got a long term stranglehold on any backfield. No. Um, I've been impressed and disappointed by him already this year. The only saving grace on that other side, I think, is Ajayi. I think Ajayi is really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, Rogers value and Corey Davis, who I'm still super high on in Dynasty for those two players, I think you're you're selling – I mean, what's that phrase? You're selling a dollar for three quarters or some – you know what I mean? Like, Yeah. No, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm with you. First of all, if I the, there's just a matter of leverage in this entire thing, and um, it's all perceived, you know, 
But just because he's in first place doesn't mean that he's desperate to get rid of either one of the top two quarterbacks in Dynasty. He shouldn't be anyways. Um, he sure, shouldn't. but I could see why he would want another solid, you know, second starter. Right now, he's all, yeah. his only starting quarterback is Wentz. Yep. If he's trying to get that second guy to put in his super flex, I get it. But yeah, yeah sorry, go ahead. No, no, totally. I mean, I, I and I get it too. Um, I just think so. First of all, what I'm looking for from my quarterback and super flex position is, you know, X number of x number of points and you can get that number of points by having you know the best quarterback you can have the the qb1 and the qb12 or you can have you know the qb6 and the qb7 and it accomplishes the exact same thing you get the same number of points so i don't think that he necessarily has to have you know a, an absolute stud at superflex to go along with wentz i think that wentz makes up enough of the difference for him that he really could stream. He could, you know, he could get a cheaper option, you know, maybe a Josh McCown or, or, um, Tyrod Taylor would be a great one right at the moment. Um, after how depressed his value has been for the last, you know, week there, there are several others. And I, I mean, these are all guys that I would take over Derek Carr anyways, but, uh, I, Whoa, whoa. Hang on. <laughs> Josh McCown and Tyrod Taylor? For the season, if I'm a contender, I don't want anything to do with Derek Carr. Okay, that's fair, but Dynasty, well, in Dyna- you can't take Josh McCown over Derek Carr. I don't even like Derek Carr that much, but you can't take Josh McCown. No, I, I wouldn't take Josh McCown over Derek Carr in Dynasty, but I would take Aaron Rodgers over Derek Carr in Dynasty. <laughs> <laughs> and that's kind of the decision that he's okay. making here. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure we're clear because I think what you said was either one of those guys I would take over Derek Carr after just talking yeah, for- about Josh McCown and Tyrod Taylor. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> everyone's on the same page. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, just for the season. I would wait. I would take those guys over Derek Carr for the season anyways, just because Derek Carr hasn't done much. His receivers are unreliable and the season and the schedule is kind of tough going forward. So, um, I think that would be considered a hot take, John. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) But also, I mean, we've, we've talked a lot about Corey Davis in the last couple weeks. Mm -hmm. Week 12, baby. I can't imagine trading any two of those guys for Corey Davis. Yep. Maybe I mean, a Jai a car, a Yeah, straight po- up. Possibly. Yeah, but I I mean yeah. I'm worried about a Jai long term. And Derek Carr in a Superflex, I you know, I guess I could see it, but it's still I I don't I don't know at this point what Derek Carr is. He's been plummeting right. in my rankings. Yep, me too. So yeah, and I, I had a, I had him pretty low to start the year, but I had him kind of high, and and it's just, I mean, I you know I I hate to overreact when it comes to my rankings, but man, I just have not seen anything from from Derek Carr to warrant a you know a top five quarterback. Plus, a lot of guys have jumped over him. You know, it's it's not it's not all him. It's also. You know, the emergence of Carson Wentz and Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson. So, um, yep. 
But I think you might have just nailed the the way to break this trade down right here. Mm-hmm. Is if you're not even going to sell Carr and Ajayi for Davis, yeah. what you're left with is selling Rodgers for Alex freaking Collins. <laughs> like that right there kind of shows you how how that uh how lopsided that trade can be yeah also on top of all uh, of all of that if you're gonna trade one of those two quarterbacks i think i'm selling luck i agree i'd I'd be looking for a trade where i'm giving up andrew luck i think and uh go right back to rogers and wentz next year yeah yeah for sure and they're both obviously either one like this trade is going to a rebuild team you know, yeah. Like no team is going to take either one of Luck or Rogers right now if they're not rebuilding. So why does it matter? I guess you know. I don't know. I think you could get a lot more for either one of those guys. Yeah. Not to mention, you shouldn't. I get why you'd want to sell as a contender, but selling Rogers or Luck right now is the lowest you could be possibly selling them. I don't know why you would do that with uh, one of the top two assets in Superflex Dynasty. Right, unless James is right and Luck doesn't have a <laughs> Never job next plays year. again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, in which, yeah. in which case you for sure sell him because <laughs> there's a chance that he's nothing. Let's go to our next segment, our weekly segment, our bold predictions. You're nuts. You're nuts! I'm nuts! What are you, nuts? Now you want to get nuts? Come on, let's get nuts. You're all nuts. And let's start with a recap of last week. Um, we had, uh, this was really kind of uh, a complete change in fortune for the way these have gone um, <laughs> to this point. Um, we're, we're still going to go ahead and talk about James's predictions for him. Um, last week, he had Dak Prescott going for four touchdowns in a win versus the Eagles. Um, Dak actually threw for 143 yards through three interceptions, zero touchdowns, and no, the Cowboys did not win that game. <laughs> I think we can. I think we trash on James because <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> yeah, we tried to tell I him he was nuts on that one, and it just <laughs> we we did, we did, and I think he might have. We both we all missed bad. <laughs> But I think he missed the worst. Yeah, easily the worst. Yeah, John or James, if you want to defend yourself, be on the podcast next time. <laughs> uh, all right, you're up. <laughs> okay, damn. <laughs> After I just talked some crap, so I had Kareem Hunt with a bounce back game for 200 total yards and two touchdowns. He had 73 yards rushing, three catches for four yards. So 77 total yards, zero touchdowns. Another disappointing game from Hunt. Are you, quick sidebar, John, are are you worried about Kareem Hunt at this point? How many more bad games is it going to take for us to seriously consider his uh, long-term value here? Um, I'm less worried about Hunt than I am about just the offense altogether of the of the you blame, Chiefs. You blame Alex Smith. <laughs> you you, you really Mahomes twisted that up. Like, I mean, yeah, kind of. Yeah, I mean, um, that, you know, a credible passing game is really what, what <laughs> sets the tone for the 
for the rushing game, and I, I, Alex Smith was fine this week, um, but I mean, he he wasn't anywhere near the MVP caliber that he had been early in the season. So I'm I, I mean I'm not worried. Um, I to me the the volume is still there. the The game flow kind of went negative on him, um, but you know at the end of the day, Kareem Hunt is still just as big a part of this offense as he's ever been so i i think that i think that it'll come um so i'm not worried are you i don't think so <laughs> but th- my hesitation kind of proves that i am a little bit <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i i don't know i mean i believe still i think he's still i think what did i say i've got him at top five Mm. Oh no, he's six for me. So yeah, yeah. Um, I think he's still he's still got the talent to, to hold that job, and he's got the volume to where he should be producing more than he has been. So, speaking of those Kansas City Chiefs, I had Travis Kelsey going for. All right, so the stake of this was zero touchdowns, snapping the New York Giants. 11 game streak of giving up a touchdown to the tight end position. Um, just to add some sizzle, I went that he, I said that he's also going to go under 50 <laughs> yards. And that was a part that I got wrong. Just to make this a really bold prediction, I said under 50 yards. He actually goes, he actually caught eight passes for 109 yards, but I did get the touchdown part correct. He even attempted a pass and he threw an interception, and that could have been a <laughs> touchdown. And I don't know how we would have scored that, but I still got that right because he was picked off. No touchdowns. Yeah, it would have it would have counted, but yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, I liked it last week, and you were. I don't want to say you were right because you weren't, but <laughs> zero touchdowns, man. He broke that what eleven, twelve game streak. Yeah, the best tight end in fantasy against the the defense that dating back to the 2017 uh or 2016 regular season finale had had given up a touchdown to the tight end position every single game since then 11 straight games and right it so it's just more of what we were talking about last week in that you know just because a streak is happening doesn't mean it will continue yeah and and lo- for that streak to break with Kelsey is kind of awesome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he did, however, have a fantastic game. <laughs> he did. He was still unreal. And uh, yeah. less than 50 yards was way off. So, yeah, yeah, I got that one partially right. Um, like I said, the, the meat of that was the zero touchdowns, but I missed very badly on the yardage. The meat of it for me was that you did you were wrong. <laughs> Of course, of course. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, let's let's go to our bold predictions for week twelve. Week twelve, and we'll start with James, who has Paxton Lynch, who we talked about earlier, starting for the Broncos and leading them to a victory in Oakland. So I think that we both think James is nuts for different reasons. Yeah. So I think that there's a very good chance Paxton Lynch starts mm-hmm. uh, week 12. Yeah. And I don't think it's crazy to think that he wins. Right. 
so let me revise. I, I don't I don't think he's nuts. So you think he's nuts. I I guess I guess I don't. Um, and I was kind of surprised by by your take on it. Um, I guess my whole point is. Uh, my whole thought process is, you know, it's, he's going to start probably, right? There's probably like a 75% chance he starts. Yeah, at least, um, yeah. And he's playing Oakland, which I have for a while thought that that Oakland team is not as good as most other people think. I don't I've, – I've been a long-time car doubter, mm-hmm. um, and I I just don't think they're they're – especially this year – they're not an elite offense. They don't have a good defense. I don't think it's outside the realm of possibility with a QB change, an offensive coordinator change for this team to all of a sudden get things going and beat a team that put up eight points yet last week. Yeah. I I think that I'm actually in agreement with you. Um, the one thing, the one part of this, it's it's a semantic thing, but when James says and lead the Broncos to victory, that's the part that I think is nuts. I don't think ah. it's nuts. I think that Lynch will start. And I think that there's a that there's a good chance that the Broncos could win this game. I as a Broncos fan, I hope they don't. But I think that that part could happen. But to think that Paxton Lynch, who's not fully healthy, he's being thrust into this before he that just a week ago, they were talking about sol- shoulder surgery ending his season, and now, uh, now all of a sudden, and you know, they were also talking about he's, you know, he's not in football shape just yet. Now all of a sudden, he's going to start an NFL game against Khalil Mack. This, uh, I, I, if the Broncos win this game, it's because the defense shows up and plays the way they have the last the previous two years. It's because the running game works with CJ Anderson and Devontae Booker. And it's because Paxton Lynch protects the ball. But him leading the Broncos to victory, you're nuts. I don't see that part happening. <laughs> Alright, that's fair enough. I guess I was just thinking it's not crazy to think that they win this game. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. Alright, so my your nuts prediction for week 12 is Alex Smith, your boy, <laughs> Alex Smith, John. Oh, man, <laughs> I hate it already. I'm thinking, I'm thinking he, uh, he comes back and has another fantastic game this week with 350 yards, four touchdowns against the pretty darn bad Buffalo Bills. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely nuts. I mean... <laughs> 350 and four touchdowns is a lot to ask of any quarterback in a given week, particularly Alex Smith. I know that he's done it, but, I mean, this is an offense that's trending down. He's also getting he's getting in the way of my boy Patrick Mahomes. It's time for the old man to, to step aside, and let's see what the rookie can do. So, um, so there's my emotional reason for saying that you're nuts. Um, I actually I, – I also – don't I don't know that the Bills are as bad defensively as as we're saying. Um, I don't have game logs in front of me to back this up, but I mean, it, going off of fifty four yard or fifty four points given up to the Chargers is is kind of a false narrative because 
you know, some of those were defensive scores. And a lot of them were really short field yeah. opportunities for the Chargers based on Nathan Peterman's five interceptions. Yeah. So obviously we're not going to have that because they're definitely going with Tyrod next week. Yeah. Um, but they did put up – or they did let New Orleans put up 47 points on them two weeks ago and they only put up 10. Yeah. Um, obviously they're – you know, New Orleans is balling out, so – Take that for what it's worth, but but also keep in mind too that the the so the Saints scored forty seven points and Drew Brees' only contribution was a rushing touchdown. <laughs> the the way this is true. the way you attack the Bills defense right now. Ever since they traded Marcel Darius to Jacksonville, is you can run on that defense all day, and that's why I think Kareem Hunt is ready for a bounce back, and um. I also just it's it's still not a very good offense either for uh for the Bills. And so I think game script is also going to is also going to lean towards Kareem Hunt. So that's why I think you're nuts. I mean, at the end of the day, it's it's definitely possible. I mean, these Chiefs have have had huge games in the in the passing game against better defenses than this one so it's possible right. but I'm, I'm still gonna call you nuts because i think this is a running game well he, he only alex smith is only through he's only thrown 350 yards once this year that was week one <laughs> so, so so, so <laughs> is this the part where you say i'm nuts <laughs> no 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 <laughs> <laughs> this is just the part where i say I'm bold, mm-hmm. John. <laughs> You're definitely. But he bad. has he has since then had 324 yards, 342 yards. Both of those games had three touchdowns. Um, both were in good matchups. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess you know I think this is a good matchup, so we'll see. Yeah. Okay. And mine, I've got the San Diego Chargers shutting out the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. And it's just because I see I see two units trending in totally opposite directions right now. I mean, Tyron Smith is going to be a big part of this, but Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming at Dak Prescott, who has proven that he's susceptible to making bad decisions and bad throws when he's under pressure lately. And you don't have to respect the run game all that much anymore. Um, they've got enough coverage in the secondary to keep Des Bryant from getting free, and that's all you have to do against the Cowboys at this point. So, and the Chargers, right at the moment, <laughs> I'm not going to go as far as I did with the Saints, but <laughs> the the San Diego Chargers have a very very good defense right at the moment, and they're playing extremely well. And uh, so I. So they're not the next Super Bowl contender? Is that <laughs> they're what you're not saying? the best defense in the league. You're not going to get me to go that far yeah. this time. But they're, they're a very good defense right at the moment. Um, in the leagues where you've got it, where you still use a DST, I think this is an excellent pickup right at the moment. Not just a streamer anymore. This is a defense that you can ride to the championship if you don't happen to have the Jacksonville Jaguars or the Baltimore Ravens. So, um, and I think that they're going to do it to the Cowboys. And I think they 
put up a goose egg and the Cowboys finally hit absolute rock bottom. You're definitely crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> for them to for them to score zero points. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's right? not going to happen. That's not going to happen. <laughs> it's going to be weird. Even in these last two putrid outings by the Cowboys, they've scored nine and seven. So I mean, it's not <laughs> awesome, but <laughs> against not... against inferior defenses to this San Diego or this Los Angeles team, perhaps. I just think shoot like actual shutouts are so rare. Yeah, and the Cowboys still have enough. I mean, they still have Dak. They still have Dez. Morris rushed for 91 yards last week. Like, I, th- I think the the tackle should be back next week. So they're going to score. They might. They're probably not going to win. You're probably right. But, I mean, Cleveland scored a touchdown against Jacksonville. So it's there. You go. <laughs> it's not. It's a pretty bold, pretty bold take. But a shutout is is pretty crazy to predict. Yeah. Okay, no, that's fair, but I, I'm sticking with it because <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah, you're right. supposed to defend your your hot take till the death. Uh, uh, oh, I still will because the Chargers are all that right. good and the Cowboys are that bad. But all right, one last segment. Let's do some super streakers. We're going streaky, and we're gonna start with you, Travis, with your super streaker. We're looking for a quarterback in Week Twelve who will throw for at least 250 yards. So I'm going to contradict myself a little bit. Nice. <laughs> on what I just said, but I'm going with Phillip Rivers against Dallas. So I think that they will win this game. Mm-hmm. And Rivers has been playing extremely well. Um, and he's got, I mean, Keenan Allen showed up last week. And we didn't talk about him earlier, but he's... I mean, he's worth talking about for sure. He had a monster game, two touchdowns, like 143 yards or something. (laughs) Um, That being said, Rivers in that 54-point blowout last week only threw for 251 yards. So for him to throw 250 against Dallas isn't a given. Just want to throw that out there. (laughs) but yeah, I think I do agree that they win. I think they win pretty handily. Um, and honestly, I kind of wanted something to watch for on Thanksgiving. So nice. No, I like that one. I think I I love Philip Rivers this week, and uh, I that's the best way to attack that Dallas defense too is through the air. Um, they're pretty tough against the run, but you can throw on them. So no, I like that one a lot. James has. Cam Newton for 250 yards at the New York Jets. And I don't like this one nearly as much, even though I love Cam, and I think he's Whoa. he's going to put up quarterback one numbers. He just doesn't do it through the air. Not right now. I mean, that's, that's, that's why the impetus behind this entire turnaround for Cam is, you know, the return of running Cam and, you know, short dump offs and you know he'll take some deep shots but not enough to get to 250 yards i don't think um so i don't know that's that's just my own personal opinion we're not supposed to be calling each other nuts on these but i do think he's a little nuts (laughs) (laughs) well cam cam's thrown for over 250 only three times this year yeah but it's the jets (laughs) (laughs) yeah 
They also have a little. They're, so. they're, the rookies in that secondary are, are kind of j- starting to gel now, and the Jets. That's true. They're also coming off of bye week. They got healthy. I don't know. I also just I don't ever like the game script when it come when you're looking for passing yards for Cam Newton because the Panthers have a good defense, which means you know you're you're not going to be chasing points. And which means you're not going to be throwing all that often. So, right. Plus, Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Cam, and he only threw for 187 yards against the Jets. <laughs> all right, moving on. <laughs> <laughs> I've got Joe Flacco at home against the Texans, and I mean that you're stealing my thunder. <laughs> Am I? Yeah, stream whoever's going to go against Houston. Oh, I didn't know that was your strategy. That's a good strategy. I should try it. I've been saying that for four <laughs> weeks. Really? How did I miss that? You don't listen. You don't listen to me, John. <laughs> because you 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 follow it up with things like Ryan Fitzpatrick is better than Cam Newton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I've got a four week streak going, and the only reason is because I've played every quarterback against Houston the last four weeks. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I... But go ahead. Take the credit I, for it. Go I ahead. I just Let's still haven't figured out how to how to filter out the BS and, and get down to the stuff that's that's truly usable because that's a really good strategy. Oh. I like oh, it a okay. lot. The Texans are a horrible pass defense right now. Joe Flacco's offense is getting healthy. Mike Wallace is a deep threat. Now Danny Woodhead is back. That... I, there's just so many reasons to like Flacco this week, even in a season when you can't really like Flacco ever. This is the week to this is the week <laughs> to stream Joe Flacco, and that's going to do it for this episode. So as we wrap it up, we're going to ask you a quick favor, um, just to go to wherever you're listening to this podcast, be it iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean. Give us a rating and a review. It just it helps our ability to improve the podcast, improve the content, and get to more people um, so that we can involve more people in the conversation, um, which I think we can agree is always a good thing. You can follow Travis at TravisNFL on Twitter. James is at DFF underscore psychic. I'm at DFF Dynasty Dude. And the Super Flexible Podcast is at SuperFlexPod. Also send your trades to at SuperFlexTrades. So we can retweet them, we can share them, we can get them out to the masses, and we can get you more more votes and more help making your decisions on your trades. Speaking of trades, upcoming for the DF Network, very exciting, is a Dynasty Trade Headquarters podcast hosted by Michael Sipes, Shane Manila, and Jeremy Funk. So we're very excited about that podcast coming out um, with all the uh, all the great content that's going to come from that and the assistance in constructing and reviewing trades. So uh, watch for that one coming out very soon. They don't have a drop date just yet, but it's coming, and it's coming in hot. Also from the DF Network, the Fantasy Football Fellas, the Dynasty Warzone, the IDP Edge Crushers, the Devi Watch Podcast, and Capology 101. So much great content from the DF Network. And help in every single 
aspect in every single scoring system. And check out the the entire Dynasty Football Network on Twitter, at DF underscore network, to keep up with all the great podcasts. And the Dynasty Football Factory, at DFF underscore Dynasty, for access to all of the DFF armies. Uh, written and audio content. Finally, we want to thank Heart and Soul Radio for the song The Addiction that we use for both our intro and outro. We want to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And until next week, best of luck in week 12. Bye. Bye.